Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Welcome to the Gays Are Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays, and we are here live in Melbourne for Midsummer Festival. <laughs> and we put the G in LGBTQIA, and we've got to help you be the best G's you can. Uh, now we have a, a distinguished panel, of course, tonight. Two seats down from me uh, is the uh, triple minority. He's gay, he's Asian, and he's the biggest asshole in the room. It's Luke. It's me. Oh my god. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Wow, thank you for coming. I would like to introduce our next uh, host. Uh, for the white people in the audience, you're probably quite nervous because yes, he is brown skin. He has spent six months in Asia, but I can assure you he's outside of the oh incubation God. period. It's Mikey! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and to my right, performing for the first time in 40 Years Solo this Sunday, the old man behind the old lady, it's Thomas Jaspers. <laughs> and finally, we have Kyle, okay. whose Photoshop skills are impeccable. <laughs> Unfortunately, you cannot Photoshop a personality. Oh, <laughs> oh. love you. Sad. <laughs> Before we officially kick off, uh, we acknowledge the custodians of this land, the Boon Wurrung and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and their elders past and present. We acknowledge and respect their continuing culture and the contribution they make to the life of this city and the region. Uh, that's right, and we'd also like to acknowledge the queer elders that uh, fought and died for us to enjoy the rights that we have today, and uh, made it possible for us to celebrate at things like Midsummer Festival and gather at evenings like tonight, so thank you. And we uh, also have queer activist and writer, Dennis Altman, coming in this evening for a lovely little interview with us, which would be right. great. Yes. Um, we are also having a Q&A after the show, so if you have any questions or any comments or anything, save those for the end. And, and if we'll you guys are you. taking any photos or videos tonight, please tag us at Gays Revolting Pod. We do love the free advertising. Slide into my DM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want sex. Oh, As God. if there's anyone you, here. You've had that, enough. <laughs> is there anyone in this audience that hasn't already slid into Tom's DM? Oh, dear. Some Raise more. your hand. Yes. <laughs> Look, before we get started, one more thing. We'd also really, really love to thank uh, the people that run uh, the Melbourne Spiegel Tent. What a fucking gorgeous venue yeah, we're in. So Give them a round of applause. Yeah. 
please show them your support by buying lots and lots of booze from the bar. Uh, the more you drink, the funnier we are. And, uh, of course, uh, just a reminder, after tonight, so we have the Q&A at the end, and then we're all going to go down to DT's in Richmond. Yeah. Uh, I think Melbourne's oldest uh, continuously running gay bar for a little bit of an after party. Show your ticket there, you get a free shot, and you get yes. to dance with us. And Me let's too. get into the topic. <laughs> I think Tom has something he wants to tell us. Oh, yeah. Something so, filthy, mostly. Yeah, I got some fun stories. All right, here we go. So, uh, I'm very excited to tell this story. I've been dying to tell this story on the podcast for a while, yeah. uh, and I thought, no, I'll save it for the live show. And I'm so glad <laughs> I did save it for the live show because I've been doing more and more reading about it. And the more reading about it I do, the more fascinating it is. So, uh, as most of my stories start, several months ago, well, three months ago, I was on Grindr. And, Shocker. Uh, <laughs> wow. Chatting to a hot twink. And uh, we've been chatting for a couple of days and uh, we're sort of like getting to the point of like, should we catch up? Yeah, sounds good. And uh, he said, oh, I've got a bit of a fetish. I love it, as I've said before, I don't really have any of my own fetishes, but I kind of get off in partaking in other people's fetishes, mm. if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. As long as there's no pain yeah. and certain bodily functions. I think you literally Some of them everything. are fine. Yeah. Like, spit and piss on me, that's fine, but don't shit oh, on God. me. Oh, uh, God. Some of them are good. No poo, no blood, no pain. That's, that's my uh, three yeah. things. But that's why Tom and I have not hooked up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's the only reason. The only um, reason. <laughs> anyway, so I was chatting to this guy. I was like, yeah, like, I, I, like I'm kind of get off on fulfilling other people's fantasies kind of thing. And he goes, well, I'm really into servant play. And the initial thing that I went into was sort of like master domination. That's what I sort mm. of, is, what I'm familiar with, sort of whips and chains and tying up and that sort of thing. Mm. But he was like, no, 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 what I'm really into is being a domestic servant. So it's called servitude. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, so what kind of stuff would you want to do? He said, well, what I'd really love to do is come to your house, strip naked, um, you give me a list of things to do and I will go around the house and do them. What a dream. Uh, <laughs> if you, I know. If you like, afterwards we can have sex. I, like he's, he's also into having sex, but his real big thing was yeah. spending a few hours at the house doing chores. Um, can you get one of these while still being in a relationship? Why don't you just try and talk Duncan into... <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> cleaning the dishes once in a while would be nice. No. I think um, you can get them on Airtasker. Yes, yeah. If you download oh, the app, you That would be search. so ideal for them. <laughs> well, that's like, they're getting point, money though. for it. That's so. a good point, though, Luke, because I was sort of like, is this an exchange? Like, yeah, yeah. do you get off yeah. on... Because, you know, some people quite enjoy yes. being paid to yeah. do things. And he was like, no, no, yes. no, no <laughs> I, I'm really into it, and then we'll have sex after. So I was like, okay, cool, this sounds great. So I waited until my housemate was out, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, invited this guy over, guy over. Now, we don't yuck anyone's yum on this podcast. Everything no. is valid. But obviously, sometimes when you hear something for the first time, it's a bit funny. So don't worry about laughing. Just don't be ew, because that's mean. So he uh, came around, rocked up. As soon as he walked in the door, stripped naked. Oh, God. Very hot. Dick halfway down to his knee. Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> and so I gave, he'd asked me to write a list of chores. So I gave him a list of chores. And look, I'm not the best What did you write? Yeah, so, sorry. Okay, so yeah, can, like, can you give us the list? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, kitchen benches need to be done. Um, downstairs <laughs> yeah. is all tiled. So I said we need a full mopping of downstairs. Oh, my God. Bathrooms. The uh, beds need to be changed. My housemate was like, How thanks so much for changing them. I know. <laughs> well, like, it was all day. It was out like all day. It was a whole day's work. Yeah. It was, he was, the guy was here there for about four hours, literally. Amazing. Um, Shit. So he went and stripped all the beds, put them in the washing, put them in the dryer, remade the beds. Yeah. Uh, what else did he do? Um, Swept the backyard. Anyway, so about half an hour into it so I just had some writing to do so I'm sitting on my laptop fully dressed at the kitchen bench yeah oh my god uh, business as usual away. exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. a little bit into it I thought I wonder how far we can take this because I'd mm. asked him about the dynamic I said do you want me to be mean or tell you like, yeah. and he was like no 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 I don't want to be aggressive the way he described it was um, like Downton Abbey. <laughs> what? So, That's like right up your alley. Sort of like polite when talking yeah. to him but ignoring that he exists the rest of the time. Does that make sense? 
So I had my best Maggie Smith impersonation. So then I was like about half an hour into it, so I'm typing away. I was like, get me a beer. And he's like, okay. And when I said get me a beer, he like got hard at wow. me giving wow. him instructions to do that. So then like every oh, half hour, I'm like... he was naked. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. Okay, naked. was he naked for all yeah. the chores? Like when he was all raking your garden and Yeah, yeah, stuff? he was in the backyard yeah. oh, doing... Okay. Yeah, I know, the right. neighbours are <laughs> very used to that. Wow. Sort of stuff, so. Yeah, they would have to be. Anyway, have you guys had any Can experience? Can you put the bins out? Did you tell him to put the bins out? I didn't ask him to put the bins out, no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Just to me, like... Only because it wasn't a Thursday night and also I let my housemates do that. Yeah. You know, we don't kink shame on this show, no, but no. as a brown I person, do. the idea of like getting bossed around by some well, white guy off an hour is just yeah. like a bit of a no bueno yeah. to me. Yeah. Uh, but when I when I heard about this, I was like, why is there not something like this for like my mental health? Why isn't yeah. there like some dom version where they'll tell me to like oh. drink six glasses of water a day? <laughs> yeah. You haven't been outside, bitch. I was reading some articles online of people in these kinds of relationships yeah, yeah. and there was a lady talking about she was the dominant and he was the submissive yeah. and she was talking about socialising him and well, stuff like, like that described. so it seemed like That's a real kind I mean. of like yes. parent role I read the same one that you read and yeah. like she called it as like a lifestyle slave and ah. I was like, what? It's like he's finally so eating like, his vegetables yeah it was literally <laughs> just like training this person to be a better person ah. yeah. That's what I need JB That's what I need I need so, someone to be like, go outside, talk to people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, in a while. it's an interesting thing because it's, it's quite often. So, yeah, I've been doing a lot of reading about it since, and mm. it's quite often actually a two way street. Whilst this person is just coming around to do chores, the yeah. sexual fantasy doesn't really survive if it's just about them coming and helping you out. That's yeah. not what they want. They want this to be sort of a, an ongoing relationship, not necessarily mm-hmm. a, a romantic relationship in the way we might traditionally think about it. But often it will be, okay, I want you to go and learn Japanese, or I want you, which I think I sounds very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so after he left, he thanked me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Which was you, nice. Tom. Yeah, you made him a better person. I know. Yeah. Well, no, that, that's why I don't think it would have worked if we tried to make this an ongoing thing because I don't personally have this specific fetish. Like I really enjoyed yeah. the time yeah. we spent together, but I wouldn't be able to keep it ongoing. Mm. Yeah. But we did keep wait, it did, ongoing for a little while. So did you do, <laughs> wait, did you end up doing sex stuff with him? Yeah. So we fucked at the end of it. Sex stuff. Sex stuff. Leave me alone. <laughs> he sucks my dude. Yeah. No, we fucked. Oh, we fucked at the end of it. And Shut also, up. the interesting thing is the sex wasn't like, it wasn't like me being in control. Like, the sex yeah. was standard sex, I guess, as standard. you'd call it. Like, Riveted. It wasn't Kyle me saying, do sex. this, do this. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. a sheet with no, your but, eyes um, closed. I yeah. read about people doing it in the workplace, kind of using these people to, like, give them orders and stuff around the office. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. Asking a lot of questions. I'm never going to look at the new people at work in the same way again. <laughs> because Some of them I'm like, you've been asking a lot of questions. Yeah. Some of your workmates are here. That's a, that's like, a, a, a very valid point. So yeah. a lot of people that, that have this servitude fetish uh, really enjoy being told what to do and doing mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. general chores. So sometimes at work, they can have a, a what they perceive as a sexual relationship with their superiors, um, which raises a whole lot of questions about consent Mm. and that sort of thing. So even though it's just a boss telling a staff member what to do, and the boss is not aware that the staff member is, is getting a sexual pleasure out of being told what to do. It, it's a really interesting sort of territory. Yeah. My boss is literally consent. here tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Kyle, like, you are so vanilla. If you were what? Into this, ah, I would that is wow. Okay. Anyway, so the story goes on. So yeah. after he left, he messaged me to thank me, and he said, "Now listen, if you ever need anything, cooking." chauffeur, all this sort of stuff. So a couple of times when I was in the area that he lives in and I was like about to get an Uber, I just messaged him and he literally like dropped everything to come pick me up. I sat in the back seat, told him where I was going and he dropped me off and that was it. Like there was no sex, Mm. uh, which was nice as well. And then we only 
properly hooked up one other, one more time a few weeks later. <laughs> so I was at home again. Housemate was out, and I was like on the Uber Eats, and I thought, well, he mentioned cooking, so I messaged oh. him. And, oh my god, <laughs> you used. I messaged him, and I was like, oh, hey, so are you a good cook? Uh, I'm a bit hungry. And he's yeah. like, yep, I'll be around soon. Is there anything you don't need? I was like, no, nope, whatever. So he came around, cooked a del- delicious, completely naked, uh, spaghetti bolognese, some salad, some homemade garlic bread. Very oh nice. My gosh. This is um, really- and cleaned the house while yeah. he was doing it. And again, I'm just sitting at the thing. And then he like served my meal at the table and he said, is it okay with, if I eat with you? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, sit down. <laughs> so he sat there completely naked. Stunning oh my God. as well. Did you ever say to him, you better work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that where that oh my comes God. from? Yeah. I'm not, like, I, like, I was trying my best to do this like, stern, Downton Abbey character. But also, like, like, I'm a nice guy. Mask so on top. Finally, when he sat down for the dinner, I was like, do you mind if I ask you some questions about this? Because mm. I find it fascinating. And it also turns out he listens to the podcast. And oh my God, is he here? So I asked him, it was they okay if we talked do. about it. So I was like, do you mind if I just ask some questions? He's like, yeah, no. totally fine. And so he actually came from a, a fairly, um, uh, I guess you'd say, privileged background and, and, ha- and the family have staff working mm-hmm. for them. So I don't know. He wasn't sure and I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And I'm not saying that this is the case for everyone, but you would have to sort of maybe assume that there was something from the childhood of having the staff and being in a position of power that perhaps in his personal situation... That evolved ah. into this sort of sexual thing, perhaps. Yeah, you, know? you can like humiliate them and stuff, but it's not generally. It's no, not, well, like, this is specifically a, a part of it. That's a. I think that's a, humiliation that's a is a different, different thing. Like, that's more yeah. of a BDSM yeah. kind that's of. That's why I do the show. because <laughs> yeah. I get off yeah. humiliation. Yeah. Like, uh, like a lot of people just like like doing the services for people. Yeah. Yeah. It's really got me thinking. I'm like, have I like is my boyfriend just a really good boyfriend, or am I entered some kind of Your thing ex- I don't know <laughs> about yet? Yeah, like he your really, boyfriend is a very good person for putting up with you. Like I think he genuinely likes Mary Condoing my stuff so yeah I don't yeah know. you're <laughs> accidentally BDSMing yeah um, it's yeah, like, like coincidental BDSM right. the only kid Kyle partakes in is accidental or coincidental yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as a new so, in the room as a, I, it's so exciting having a live audience because normally we sit in a dark studio talking yeah. to each other and no one can actually interact with us has anyone in the room ever partaken in anything similar to this that you're willing to no, no, no one. No. This, guy, this yeah. guy's yeah. smiling. <laughs> if one. anyone's interested, I'll be on Airtasker later. <laughs> I'll send you my username. One thing yeah. that popped into my mind when we were like reading up about this is the work thing, mm-hmm. and like all of a sudden it like went straight to like TV shows, and I was just ah. like Waylon Smithers for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that is everything comes back to the Mr. Simpsons. Burns, yeah, hang oh, on. God damn it. And then other TV shows that I was like mm-hmm. thinking about was like The Nanny with like Cece Babcock. Oh yeah. Yes. I was just like, yeah, that and girl's I was all awkward. about. Do you know? It. Yeah. There's that Netflix show Bonding, which we watch all in like one sitting. But she has yeah. like a stay-in guy, and he's just like naked and like does her like chores for her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really good show. Always, I always got the sense that Niles a Butler from The Nanny had like a raging boner uh. all the way through that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, like he just, just had that vibe. Yeah, just like tucked into his belt. A man <laughs> with an erection, you can like feel it. Oh my God. Like, my Please don't. Like, no, you do. <laughs> I'm just doing the maths on how uh, old you were when ugh. The Nanny was out. That's fucked yeah. up. Wait, uh, who was? <laughs> oh my but God. Do, you, do you think there's any correlation <laughs> between sort of gender <laughs> norms and this Dominant, subordinate. Yeah. Sorry. Put the hand down. Don't put the hand down. For anyone listening to this show yes. in audio format, I'm doing a lot of visual gags yeah. tonight and they don't translate. Yeah. Yeah. Severed hand on stage. Fuck you for not buying a ticket, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you want to see this comedy? Buy a ticket. Should have bought a ticket. Do you, you think there's something interesting in this dom sub sort of relationship yeah, yeah. that's mm. very big in our gay community? Yeah. yeah. 
Have you partaken in any doms, and not in this servitude style that we're talking about right now, but in the more broader dom sub kind My of My whole sex? life is dominant, yeah. baby. <laughs> That's all no, I, I read, like, to be more attracted to these doms, you have to, like, a lot of people have a lot of skills. Like, people talked about, like, plumbing and, like, yeah. doing yes. all this kind of housework, like, but, like, actual, like, skills. And I was like, fuck, I'd be terrible at this. Like, if you need help <laughs> setting up your PlayStation or something, sick. But, like... Yeah, yeah. This guy like oh, yeah. took mirrors off the wall and dusted behind them and was dusting shelves. It was amazing. I was very oh, impressed God. with this. <laughs> <works, yeah. laughs> Get it. Alright. Do we do we have any heterosexual people in the audience? Surely. Get out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Security, there's one here, there, there's one over there as well. What's it like being a minority? <laughs> How do you like it? I just thought we maybe we should talk about something straight people love, which is RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is very mainstream now. Straight favorite. people's favorite show. Um, <laughs> Because I don't, I don't know if anyone's seen, but they've recently mm-hmm. revealed, revealed, revealed. You have to put in every Please word. Please don't kill me. Revealed the cast of season twelve. <laughs> yes. And uh, as someone who has like been a Nancy Drew on Reddit for RuPaul for many, <laughs> yeah. many, 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 many years, yep. I, I kind of looked at the cast reveal with a yeah. resounding. Meh. Uh. Yeah. As RuPaul would say, meh. <laughs> Which is also the name of my one-man one show. Oh. It'll be in our living room yeah. and reenacting my own childbirth. We really don't need any more competition <laughs> oh. on the comedy scene, <laughs> so please don't do a one-man show. Um, but the met kind of was met with a bit of backlash from the yeah. online community because what people realise is that this latest cast did not include any trans no. uh, queens any drag kings yeah. or any AFAB queens. Yes. Um, being you just explain, just AFAB's a fairly new term for a lot of people. Can you explain mm-hmm. AFAB? So, assigned female at birth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was like uh, AbFab, like the show. Yeah, Patty. <laughs> Do you want to have a nap just for the next hour um, and we'll wake you up when the show's okay. over? Middle-aged, <laughs> alcoholic Look, drag It's very queen. old for me. Like, being um, happy, I know that. Right? We, we often used to use the term bio queen, but a lot of people yes. find that term a little bit offensive. So, AFAB is... is, is I think the, AFAB's uh, a bit better because yeah. it doesn't distinguish that what... a uh, AFAB Queen is doing is a different genre yeah. Yeah. of drag mm-hmm. to what um, everyone else is doing. But we've had a number of drag-related spin-offs. I'm a big yeah. advocate yeah. of Dragula. Dragula yes, is Dragula. amazing. Anyone seen Dragula season three? And Jared? what's the Kiwi one? The, uh, the dra- Kiwi House of Drag? House of Drag. House of Drag. House of Drag. Even Drag yeah. Race Thailand season two yeah. Yeah. included yes. many of these different sort of aspects of drag. Mm-hmm. And so it posed the question... Who is this show for? I know yeah. I joked about the yeah. straight people in the audience, but I, I will take another dig at you. <laughs> is, is, is Drag Race no longer a show for us? Is, yeah, is, it's like very, yeah. very mainstream now. And I feel like it definitely is targeted at the heads. Do you think it's a, 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 a conscious decision? I mean, I will watch every season still, but <laughs> I, I will complain. I will be yeah. at the bar yeah, I will be every there. week yeah. and I will post about it on my timeline yes. yeah. when my queen gets robbed. <laughs> but is, is Drag Race now something that we have to hand over to mm. the, the majority? Is it not our baby anymore? See, I don't yeah. think the majority want just cis men on Drag no. Race either. I, I, I think the problem is that, and it actually is a similar thing, Rue and Michelle and the whole panel just want drag to be one thing. Yeah, they have a very and set idea. It's not called Dr- RuPaul's Drag Queen race. It's RuPaul's Drag race. And yeah. drag is an art form that anyone can do. There's no mm-hmm. rules about how drag works. Even so, you. Even <laughs> me. Yes. At Granny Bingo on the first Monday of every <laughs> month. Oh, Jesus. At the 86. Somebody come get her. Tickets at the 86.com.au. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
But no, but drag, anyone can do drag. Now, when, and I've been angry about the fact that Rue has been trying to make everyone do the same style of drag for so yes. long. It's like, take the dots off your face, mm. blend more, like whatever. All the things like, that make them like unique to their own drag style. And that's a, sma- and, that's a smaller yeah. version of it, but it's the same thing of this issue yeah. of them thinking that drag is one kind of thing. The other side is, and I don't often pay Rue her due respects, but the other amazing thing that we have to acknowledge is that RuPaul, as a black gay man in America in the mm. 80s and 90s, made mm. An incredible career and business for himself, and that is is a pretty amazing thing. I yeah. think we have to Absolutely. acknowledge. Yeah, Absolutely, without that sure. I don't. My big thing about this year is that the members of our own community need to be held responsible. Well, that's what I'm getting. The choices yeah. and the decisions that they make, especially when you have a platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So something I realized is there's no fucking point in any four of us being up here if we're not going to bye. be good. <laughs> 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 so see you later. Yeah, okay. Bye. Uh, if we're not going to be up to date with our own community, Absolutely. And we're yeah. going to represent our community and have their best interests mm-hmm. at heart. Yeah. RuPaul, if if you go online, there's some there's some great interviews with a queen mm-hmm. named Carmen Carrera. Does anyone know yes, Carmen, Carmen from season three? So she's a trans activist. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, World of Wonder and to some small part, RuPaul yeah. actually blacklisted her because she was upset at the trans slur yeah. that used to be in the show when they yeah. introduced the challenges. I'm not going to say it because I think we all know what it is. And she found out through the grapevine when she'd, she would go to LA, yeah. World of Wonder would put a thing out being like, don't book Carmen. Oh, really? Don't book Carmen. So we have to hold people responsible if they're yeah. actively acting actively acting oh, wow. against <laughs> our own community. Yeah. Like, yes. it's yeah. fucked. And, and I have respect for someone who has built a... a brand mm-hmm. and an empire yeah. out of something so subversive. Yeah. But if you can't keep up to date, you exactly. gotta hand yeah. it over to someone else. Give it to someone else. But the like, problem, but what I'm trying to get at though, Luke, is that RuPaul is an incredibly smart businessman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when the show started, it, it was fucking amazing that he got a reality TV show started about drag. That was yeah. an incredible, that first season, the fact that it ever happened was incredible. Now it's gone on to become this amazing, massive thing. But the problem is, Rue's not going to change the format of the show if everyone's watching it. So while every, so uh-huh. you are responsible for the fact that RuPaul's drag race is, has not changed at all. The only thing Rue is going to focus on is are they getting the ratings? And if the show... It's sort of that if it's not broken, don't fix it. It is broken, but people are still watching it and giving it the ratings. He's not going to change it until people yeah. actually vote with their ratings and vote That's it. to, to uh, pull I, out and stop supporting him. Don't you him. think it would be smart for him to actually tailor it to the trans like community? Because yes. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, it's his show. Like, yeah. like, why can't is, he like, do what he wants? But then I'm like, that's bullshit. We're at a point now yeah. where we have trans actors in so many different TV shows. Yeah. Like, we have so many trans activists doing amazing stuff. Why aren't you keeping up? Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be down to your personal opinion about how yeah. you feel about trans But I don't people. even think it like, is his personal... I think it's just he wants to make money and the ratings money. are going up every season. I think it's personal I feel like it's his personal opinion. He really, okay, it might be his personal opinion, like, but if he had the option of making more money yeah. and, and rating better, then he would yeah. go with whatever that option yeah, yeah. was. I mean, he really doubled down on his like trans comments when he said... He compared putting trans people in the show as, like, performance-enhancing drugs, like, in the yeah. Olympics. Yes. So, like, Which trans people go hand-in-hand just... hand with drag. Like, yeah. they're part of our whole community. We're all together like, in this. So other queens kick back and we're just like, but so many people have had plastic surgery to enhance their drag yeah. as cis men. As men yeah. Like, why is it an issue that trans people exactly. are taking part I was like, 
in this When you get so many more viewers, if they like, they actually yeah. changed up the formula for like yeah. once yeah. in a while. How many seasons are there? 12? 12. And it's now. like the yeah. same shit every single time that I will keep watching. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, but stop. Stop watching it. No. Go watch yeah. Dragula. Go oh, watch House yeah, of Dragula. Yeah, explore the other, other drag shit. shows as I well. I think Australia is way overdue for its own drag <gasps> show. And it doesn't Absolutely. need to. Like, everyone got so excited about the yeah, idea of drag race. Why are we waiting for drag for RuPaul to come over and judge Australian drag, which is so incredibly unique? I mean, we've got on our scene in Melbourne alone, we've got, um, you know, Ruby Slippers and Asia Buffet and all these non-cis men doing drag that are incredible. Why do we need RuPaul to come over and and be like, you're granted a TV show? Why doesn't someone else step up and make the show that all these people want? And like with all this inclusion. I love that. That's what I said. I love like in the new season... I love like in the new season his like inclusion is including a French person. Oh yeah, yeah. for the first time in drag oh, history, oh, guys. Yeah. Sit a down, French. make sure you're sitting there's poor oppressed French. French person yeah. in the cast. Nobody suffers like the I, French. I, I think you know, like we were <laughs> us guys, this front row row, we sat through nine fucking hours of drag at the eighty six the other week. Nine yeah. fucking That's hours. That was my show, it only goes for two. It feels like <laughs> It feels like that. I can vouch. <laughs> and I tell you what, the number of performers there who were AFAB queens, yes, mm-hmm. uh, that were drag kings, yeah. mm-hmm. that's like the scene that is out there and performing yeah. Yeah. and doing some really amazing stuff. Um, it's just a matter of not having your finger on the pulse. I think you still need to watch Drag Race because when the clock ticks mm-hmm. over nah. and the backlash gets enough, we need people watching the show so we can actually see these talented mm, yeah. people, if we just crash and burn it, yeah. we're, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot, but let's, let's hold members, I think we're so scared mm-hmm. of holding members of our community uh, accountable for the things that they say and do yeah. because we have a minority uh, anxiety all the time. Yeah. We can't come for this person because they're gay and they're doing well. <laughs> but fuck that. No, you can't yeah. get on no. Twitter and say that, oh, I think trans people shouldn't shouldn't be a part of this show yeah. because that would be like, yeah, a, a, an Olympian taking drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm going to go blacklist them so they can't mm. get gigs and make Rough. money. Yeah. And we're going to sit and say, yeah, that's a bit problematic, but, you know, she's pretty amazing. So let's just, like, yeah. go yeah. a bit 50-50 on this. He needs like, to evolve no. with the times, for sure. No. Do you think, do you think yeah. I'd be struck by lightning if I said, okay, Boomer, to RuPaul? We're all going to get the gay assassins, the gay mafia. The gay mafia, oh, for sure. This conversation is being very much focused on trans people, which is important, but also cis women, I think. It's really important that we start including cis women in mainstream drag as well. Um, I I thought, and I'm so excited to continuously be learning, and that's what we should Mm. all be doing, and I thought that I was across how diverse drag can be until I watched Dragula. Has everyone watched Dragula? If you haven't watched Dragula, fucking watch it. It's RuPaul it's, that's like without race, the shit right? bits. Spooky-ooky. Spooky-ooky. Yeah. You know, they're just like periods. Even dogs get them. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> anyone can do drag. And it's valid. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. I just bought a lot of dog sanitary pads on eBay because it was $30 for a box. And you just and like a good so bargain? It's or? been on my mind, but I don't have a dog. Oh, God. How did so, you buy them then? The great like, thing about coming to a live show is you get to see all the bits that we yeah, cut that out we of the actual show. <laughs> for your... Yeah. I know, like, the old definition of drag is dressing up as a lady. So, I guess... Yeah. 
I want every. Are you right? A lady. A lady. But yeah, so I get confused. I want everyone to be included, but then I get confused. What is the actual like kind of definition of drag currently? Is it more like based on like the performance, or is it like dressing up like the definition of a drag queen? Drag artist is just anyone putting on a show, basically. Like it's such a. But then, like, would like any kind of concept be considered a drag show? Absolutely. Clowning is drag. Drag is clowning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when I was six years old, my mother took me to an entirely cross-gendered production of um, oh what's it called with the, the girls in the Lord of the Flies no sweet charity sweet charity it's the okay. fucking gayest thing you'll ever hear but, and it's probably why I'm gay but you know everything is everything can be drag yeah cool. yeah I think drag is anyone expressing their creativity kind of, and mm-hmm. their gender, gender? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. through uh, you know their makeup their costumes yeah. and their performance yeah and to limit that to uh, genitals that you have between yes. your mm. legs is such a like straight person uh, yes, thing yeah. to do. Yeah. There is, there is, like, there is some, and I just want to play devil's advocate here, so please don't tweet me after this. But <laughs> tweet him, do it. Some do it get your phones out. Fashion, hear the stuff he says. <laughs> of people in, if, that are that are, are older queens, much, much, much yeah. older queens pre-internet, uh, during the dra- AIDS epidemic, who mm-hmm. have the argument that there were no cis women trying to do drag when we were getting the shit beaten out of us, yeah. so why do they want to do it now? I don't agree with their opinion. I, I can't imagine what they went through and I can't yeah. imagine the feelings that they have now and, and the trauma that, that they survived. And I'm happy to turn a blind eye for those people. But for someone like Rue, who is in such a position of power, I think it's his job to educate himself on the evolution of, of the queer mm-hmm. scene and why it's important to... Do, did you think that's a fair comment? Please yeah. don't hate me. <laughs> no, no, Who got, who's tweeting at Thomas oh my Jasper? <laughs> my phone's Video actually vibrating at the moment. Oh, Jesus. It's like what I said, having a platform is a privilege mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. and not everyone gets that privilege, especially within our community. And it, it, it'll be interesting. We've got a guest coming up later yeah. who I think we'll talk a bit more about this. Our community is at a point where certain members of our community are shifting out of being a minority into a pseudo-majority. And that's a really big head fuck to get around if you've spent a lot of of your life being the world's booger. (laughs) You know what I... Like, if if you've been a booger for a really long... Which you'd be so familiar with. (laughs) (laughs) If, if, If you've been a minority... Uh, for a very, very, very long time, Mm -hmm. that's the way your brain Mm -hmm. thinks. It's the way that you perceive the world. Uh, It's very difficult to snap out of that and realise, no, I'm now the one with the privilege Mm -hmm. uh, and there are other members that are suffering much worse than me. But, like, why can't RuPaul let his show be what it was for gay people in Drag Race, yeah. for, like, the trans community? Yeah. It could But what gets everyone. me is that, like, yeah. he paid tribute to... Was it at, like, an awards show where mm. he, like, received an award to trans people for leading the way <gasps> for all of us to have the rights that we have to. Oh, yeah. right. And it's just, like, if you're willing to give that tribute, why can't you put that through your mm, show yeah. to show that you really mean what you actually said? Yes. Like, mm. I don't understand Actions that Actions over words. Absolutely. Mm. So, guys, Drag Race, RuPaul's Drag Race, Season 12, <laughs> streaming on yes. Stan. We're actually having a viewing party you. after this. You can sign yeah. up for a free trial. <laughs> oh, my God. Michelle Vassage will be our special guest next yeah. month. We're so Don't excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if they ever want to be on the show, I take back everything I said. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Oh, this one's so fun. Yeah. I can't wait for this. Sorry. Um, so for our next segment, um, we're doing something that we generally don't do. So we get like a lot of comments and like a lot of questions from our listeners. Um, so we thought we'd read one out today and have a bit of a conversation. And Before we do, can I just ask a question? Yeah. Sorry. Can everyone hear okay? Yeah. Everyone's good. good. Sorry, some people are doing this sound. Okay. Everyone's good. Oh, this one. <laughs> this one. <laughs> um, so the listener that has submitted their question this evening is Anonymous. Um, and their question is... It's not the hacker group Anonymous, by Anonymous. the way. Oh, they wear the mask. It's like a whole thing. Sending us questions. <laughs> so I'm kind of in love, infatuated Ooh. maybe, with my best friend. Ooh. <laughs> he gives off gay vibes frequently, but he's Same. super shy. Do I risk our great relationship as best friends to confess it all, or do I just try and get over it somehow? Where Ooh. are you? Stand up. What are we I love joking. Right <laughs> oh my God, the call is coming Tim. from inside the house. Okay. It's submitted by JB. No, literally, I wanted to hear this. I love it. turned into an agony aunt, by the way, yeah. as well. It's so yeah. cool. Um, a li- there's a lot to unpack in that question. Yeah. <laughs> also, so like, what's the difference between love and infatuation? Oh, well, it's a big Yeah, it's like, I, w- I would describe infatuation as like a short-lived passion, like, yeah. oh, no, also no, known no, as no. horniness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Infatuation is dictionary you've got in front no. of you. <laughs> yes, yes, they wrote horniness. Infatuation um, is when you go through their bins at 3 a.m. in the morning. Oh, my God. Maybe for you, he has lots of experience. <laughs> so I can tell you a thing yeah. about infatuation. <laughs> Please stop. It's different to love, and yeah. I learned that. I uh-huh. did my time. The hard, the hard, the years. hard way. Yeah. And I'm happy to share that with you all yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah, love, love is something I'd describe as more a long-term thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like it could be sort of like a bit of both. Like, a, especially if they've been friends for a long time. Like, obviously, you love mm. that person, but you could definitely yeah. sort of just all of a sudden think, be like, oh. I think you can on. definitely tell the difference. Like, if you exclusively kind of want to do butt stuff with them it's probably <laughs> <laughs> that's probably infatuation but if it's like love it's like if you want to see them smile and like yeah, do yeah. stuff for them yeah. and like do their laundry oh wait uh-huh. is that like a servant <laughs> I don't know I might be crossing over <laughs> wrong topic <laughs> wrong topic sometimes I feel like a teacher at a kindergarten it's really <laughs> oh yeah 
You are old um, enough. For me, I think uh, <laughs> infatuation is that early stage of yeah. love where you just cannot yeah. stop thinking about that person. It's that whole engrossing, mm. mind-boggling sort of feeling. And then, uh, and then once that calms down, then you've sort of got ongoing love that lasts yeah. for, for hopefully also, forever. Also, gay vibes. What defines a gay vibe? That's like, that was uh, a, like. Did he yeah. listen to a Britney Spears song one time, or did he like put it in you? <laughs> like, <laughs> There's, there's like big differences there. Gay also, vibes yeah. was the name of my band in high school. <laughs> gay vibes yeah. are not reliable. We were really good. Like mm. my gay is terrible. If someone, someone has to like sneeze glitter and do a twirl in front of me, and then I'll believe You're they're just like, gay. Oh, okay, yeah. But gay like, vibes are there. Yeah. it is that. the downside of fighting for gay rights. Like we've, we, you know, we we had good intentions <laughs> when we were fighting for gay rights, but now you can't tell the fucking difference. Everyone's no. people are polite and dress no, well. It's French, really annoying. It's the French tuck. So oh, this is a thing JB uh, and I figured out is queer eye did this whole campaign about French tucking, which is this bullshit where you just tuck in the front of your shirt. Oh, and like half of it. Only like... half of it, because they knew all the straight guys would do it and not fully tuck oh, their shirt. Yeah. We tricked so them, right. now we know all the homosexuals are properly tucked. Yeah, right. And all of the guys with these French tucks have just yeah. watched Queer Eye. Yes. It's also, a conspiracy. True. <laughs> <laughs> the Queer Eye conspiracy. Stand up. He's French tucked. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's all right. He doesn't look tucked from here, I can oh tell my you. God. <laughs> um, <laughs> but don't you find, like, so many gay guys just want to believe that all straight guys are, like, DTF? I think mm -hmm. it's either, like, porn to blame because, like, every single guy is yeah. DTF and porn. I mean, I believe everyone is on a spectrum, and yeah. uh, it is possible that someone. But not Sean Mendes. <laughs> Leave him alone, please. Sean Leave Mendes. him alone. Yeah. It is possible that someone can lead most of their life, think, or you know, a certain part of their life, thinking that they're one thing, or, or being mm -hmm. one thing, even not just thinking it, but being something, and then realizing that perhaps they have feelings for another gender or both genders or whatever. Yeah. Um, I I lived with two ladies in. Uh, we're talking about ladies. We're so ladies. We're so popular tonight. tonight. We're fancy. I lived with Love two ladies lady. in London, and one was a lesbian. And one was heterosexual and uh, the lesbian would and they were best friends <laughs> and they would confide or the lesbian was confiding in me that she was in love with the uh, straight one and I was like girl problems whatever and uh, <laughs> but then we went out one night and got really drunk and the straight one stayed in the lesbian one's room and oh. then they moved into the same room together which was great news for me because then we could charge double rent on that room <laughs> oh my god and rent out the other room. it moves so in. quick and they and she'd been she was in her late 20s early 30s the heterosexual sexual one it was in her mm -hmm. late 20s early 30s never even thought about the fact that she might be attracted to women they'd been best yeah. friends forever realized that night that it was it was more than just friends experienced female female sex for the first time and yeah. realized that it was love and they've been together how long ago was that 10, 11 years Amazing. or something like that so it does happen it's not it's did not that person stupid like, to think it can happen did that person come out and sort of like identify what sexuality they were or were um, they just so like, she, just well so person. yeah so she she's bisexual okay. she now she now identifies as Bisexual, but has been in a in a relationship with a woman mm -hmm. for ten years or whatever it is. Did she so it's kind of superfluous, I guess, to ask if she should make out with her best friends? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's just been sitting in the mailbox for in the question years. for ten years. In the question, doesn't yeah. He described his friend as shy. Yeah. I'm like, that can be bad because shy, yeah. a girl in school told me she liked me and I was shy and I thought if someone liked me, I had to like them and I dated her for like yeah. three weeks and it was awful. Yeah. But I feel like <laughs> you were so cute that you still yeah. remember school. I was like, wait, yeah. that might work for you then if you're yeah. shy. Go for gold. You might date him for a year. I don't but know. I feel like if like they're best friends and they've been best friends for a long time, yeah. like if you are feeling these feelings and like you are really, really close, mm. like disclosing that. 
Yes. Could be Do you think good it's good for to the tell relationship. Them? Yeah. Like, because you don't ever want to hide it. Yes. And then all of a sudden just be like, I can't actually be around this person anymore. Yeah. And then the other person just not know why. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Like, for me personally, I would be disclosing, just be like, hey, can we just, like, talk about this? You're but gonna, then I think yeah. if you're going to disclose it, which you should, because you need to just move on for yeah. like, way, but you have to, like, be prepared for the bad outcomes. Absolutely. You have to have, like, a yeah. game strategy. Like, how are you going to. Like lose feelings for this person. You just but, set something on fire and you run as yeah, far I mean, away that. as you um, can. <laughs> I mean, w- when I broke up with my ex, like I went to Cannes for three months. Okay. So like immediately after, so you just like cuddle ties. Yeah, yeah. And, like you need that space and time. I think yeah. definitely. I think people just need to communicate with each other better. Mm. I, I I see a lot in this question because my best friend's sitting right here, who is a heterosexual <laughs> man, and I love him very much. But it, it, it was confusing for a while because I think we have such, like, old-fashioned interpretations yeah. of love. Yeah. Yes. You know, they're always, like, romantic mm. or... Uh, I can't picture you as romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very romantic. <laughs> Just the same way a cat will drop a dead mouse at your foot. Uh, yeah. No, I can't. Okay. They love you. With that comparison, yeah, I can see. That's like, the same way I that, love. Yeah. But I... I think sometimes we have these really uh, strict definitions of what love is. And as you get a bit older and you mm-hmm. get into different circumstances, you can realize you can love someone uh, and not want to come on their face. Wow. Um, and wow, wow, just wow. <laughs> I thought the dog periods was going to be Yeah, I thought that was the thing. thing but, um, probably, no, it probably is. But it's coming on I'm the I'm not going to point out who, but when you just said come on their face, someone just tapped their partner in the audience oh. on the knee. And like, <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> I won't point it's out who it was, but uh, that's love. That yeah. Level, yeah. Another um, way... Another way of getting over someone, I think, uh-huh. is... Coming on their face. No, shut up, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Another way of getting over someone is, like, do a deep dive into the history. Like, find out, like, gross shit about them that, like, yeah. will make you lose respect Detest for them. Like, them. do they like coriander? Yeah. Do they eat bananas? <laughs> do they eat bananas with the peel on? Like, something that'll, yeah. like, really fucking make you just lose all, the, like, mm-hmm. respect for them. Is it's eating bananas friends. with the peel on a euphemism for using condoms, or is that an actual... <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> Depending how old this person is, the yeah. fascinating thing that I find was so I'm in my 30s, and I know that's not old, old, but a lot has changed in the last <laughs> 15 years since. <laughs> we have colour TV now. A lot has changed in the last 15 years, and younger people these days have a very different idea of what sexuality is. And if this is his best friend, then his best friend obviously doesn't have issues with homosexuality, and is probably not going to be... F- like, I remember when I had crushes on guys at school, the problem with telling them that I had a crush on them wasn't that I had a crush on them. It was the fact that I was saying that I was gay. That was mm-hmm. the scary bit and the mm-hmm. bit that might make them stop talking to me. Whereas if a, a guy and a, a heterosexual guy and a heterosexual girl had the same conversation, that wouldn't necessarily freak each other out. Yeah. It would just be like, no, thank you. I'm not interested. <laughs> and I think if this person has that, that close... Best case scenario, <laughs> yeah. that's how it goes yeah. down. <laughs> no, but not, it was not the end of the world. From what I've heard about you, heterosexual men, that's not how it often goes. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank thanks. You. I'm full. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying is that if it, in this modern world that we now live, yeah, uh, yeah. that if this person is truly a best friend who is totally fine with this person's sexuality, one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to say, look, I'm really sorry, I love you as a friend, but I'm not interested. Yeah. Or the other amazing thing might happen, which is if he's giving off these gay vibes, um, mm, that perhaps vibes. these vibes that he's giving off are his way of sort of saying, hey, Hinting, I don't really yeah. know what this feeling is, or I didn't really know what I'm 
what to do with these feelings so or whatever, but I just want you to sort of know that I'm... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Oh, no. So, no. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I don't know if anyone's a patron here, but last week we talked... Oh, was it coming up? Oh, Wait, are you talking about Wait. our Patreon that people can subscribe oh, right? to? For any <laughs> what? Six American dollars a month. It's, <laughs> it's a price of a Patreon.com <laughs> slash Gays Revolting Pods. Did, yeah. did we record we it about... Koala mattresses? It was this week and that it'll come out tomorrow. Oh, so it's not out yet. No, no, it's about tomorrow. drunk no, no, sex. No, no. Sorry, no. I, ah. I don't pay attention when we're recording. But yeah. we talked about <laughs> drunk sex and something yeah. that I didn't bring up was there is, was a study that heterosexual men actually become more likely to swing yes. on that really? sexual slippery dip, yes, slippery dip with the more alcohol <laughs> that they have in their system. Yeah. And they did a real like clockwork orange, like mm. making them watch pornography <laughs> as they drank alcohol <laughs> oh, yeah. and hit these buttons of like, well, now this is doing something for <laughs> yeah. me. Hey. So I, I, I don't want to... <laughs> suggest that get yeah. your friend really drunk and confess Maybe your love to them. <laughs> because I don't know of a scenario where that's ever yeah. gone particularly well. No. For which party? Maybe it's 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 a way to go. <laughs> it's probably true though. I mean like yeah, I'm not saying get get people drunk and then try no. and fuck them. But <laughs> but we, we would never say that issue. Disclosure. We lose a lot of yeah. inhibitions. I like, mean like my first gay experience has happened after a few drinks same, and a lot of yeah. theatre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. Mine happened after confession. Really? Oh. Mine <laughs> happened in a cemetery. Ah, that's true. <laughs> cemetery. That yeah. was true. Was that did it really? Well, no, we're going really off topic did. now. This <laughs> anyway. is fun. Where, where's your first gay <laughs> yeah. sex? Oh, sorry. No, yeah. no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I kissed a boy for the first time in a cemetery, and he was alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I don't Can't watch like Twilight. I'm not into it. And I kind of liked it. Yes. There you go. I love it. Uh, now, uh, blah, 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 blah. We have oh my gosh, we've already gone through our topics. We're yeah. going to have our special guest, which is very exciting. So tonight, yes. we are joined by writer, activist, and academic Dennis Altman. Dennis, where are you, darling? Do you want to come Dennis. up and take a seat? Come on up. Take a seat here in the very awkwardly placed chair there. <laughs> I know, this is, this you don't have a table to hide behind. <laughs> um, I want to meet your friend. I yes. have a house that needs to be. Ah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so let's, let's swap numbers. Jody, Absolutely, Jody yeah. House. Play, he'll yeah. be totally keen. Uh, now, Dennis, I'm going to give you a bio. Is that all right? All right, here we go. So, Dennis is the author of 13 books that explore sexuality and politics. His 1971 book, Homosexual Oppression and Liberation, uh, was the first serious analysis to emerge from the gay liberation movement. Correct so far? You know, you can keep praising me. More or less. It was published in seven countries originally and has gone on to more since. Uh, much of his work explores a heteronormative social structures like marriage and the nuclear family, uh, which are topics we'll be touching on tonight. So, big round of applause for Dennis. <laughs> Dennis, can I just get you to move that microphone a bit closer? These microphones are very temperamental. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Don't well, be shy. Right up to the <laughs> mouth. Yeah. Now, Dennis... Thank you again for joining us tonight. <laughs> Firstly, your new memoir is called Unrequited Love, Diary of an Accidental Activist. Um, what does your book document? I, I should explain. The unrequited love, which, you know, you guys have been mm. talking about a bit, is not, in fact, unrequited love for a person. It's, it's a summary of my very long love affair with the United States. Okay. I first went to the US as a very, very naive grad student on my 21st birthday. And I've been going backwards and forwards ever since. And I'm increasingly disappointed. I feel let down. 
<laughs> and it seems to me that that parallels the Australian long love affair with the United States. And I was fascinated when you guys, you actually touched on this, yeah. when you were talking about RuPaul and you said quite rightly, you know, we have a tradition in this country. Mm. We have a fabulous tradition of drag that goes way back. Yeah. I mean, if Dame Edna Everidge were here, she could go back even further than mm. I can. Tom's been doing it for like 40 <laughs> years. And, <laughs> exactly. And yet... We all sit here obsessed with the American version. Yeah. So I think that, you know, in a sense, the unrequited love for me is a way of coming to terms with the fact they will never care for us as much as we care for them. Yeah. And I think there's this assumption that, you know, now it's very easy uh, to be gay. And I keep remembering the guy, and in a sense, this was unrequited love. Um, I had a lover, who, a very long-term lover, who died seven years ago. And a couple of years after Anthony died, I became totally infatuated with a new man. Now, this guy was in his 40s, university-educated, didn't come from a religious family, and was totally and utterly freaked by being gay. So freaked that it took months before he would even go to a restaurant with me in case someone saw us together. Wow. And I tell people this story to remind us that it's too easy to mm. just assume. Mm. You know, we look around and we see, yes, by and large it is a lot easier, certainly for people who've grown up in the inner city, people who've grown up in supportive environments, but there are still a lot of people who are struggling and they're often the people for whom there seems to be the least reason. Mm. Mm. That's that sort of privilege check yeah. thing that yeah. we're talking about, yeah. is always being aware of uh, where you sit within the community yeah. and your relationship to your sexuality and how that may not necessarily apply to every mm -hmm. person in our community. Mm. For example, these pants are not easy. <laughs> <laughs> these pants are not easy at all. But the person in them is. <laughs> <laughs> hey you're funny in the live show. Well, he is. I, I, he um, is. Just on a, on a personal level, sorry, I'm just interested to hear what it was like for you personally going from a long-term, assumingly quite public mm. relationship yeah. to, to being with someone that wasn't able to, to publicly have a relationship like that. What was it like? Um, that's a really interesting question. I mean, I was with Anthony for 22 years and it was a very public relationship and we both would go... We were both academics... Um, and we would go to each other's work functions quite deliberately to make sure that people, Everyone you know, knew. saw yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I'm a Leo. I told you guys before. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm know, a fucking Leo. Why do you think I'm up on this stage? <laughs> I'm an exhibitionist, oh right? <laughs> I like being on a stage. I like having a microphone. I like pretending I can suck it, etc. Um, <laughs> you can show us later if you like. Wow. Uh, yeah, we, after parties, just moved to Wet on Wellington, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I feel a cough coming on. I, I actually found it very, very difficult to be with someone yeah. who was so hung up. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing was that he actually told me, he said, I know it's all in my head. He also left me three times. It was a very tumultuous oh, six yeah. months. I, I hasten to add, I'm no longer infatuated with him. No, I know, yeah. but I mean, I just, I figure going from 22, was it 23, 22 years? 22 with years, Anthony, yeah. It must have been a bit of a shock to the system dating in a different um, context. Well, it was also, of course, the reality that I was a lot older. That okay, has its own it. challenges. <laughs> um, and, you know, when you said you're oh, older, no, Tom, come on, you're a baby. <laughs> um, you haven't seen the guys I date. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> 
Uh, Lu- but luckily, there there is this daddy phenomenon. Yeah. Which yeah. No, you're telling me. I know. I've, <laughs> I've never see how f- clean my bathroom floors are. Oh my god. <laughs> well, possibly I shall. But. Um. <laughs> oh, just wow. Thank you, Daddy. I, uh, <laughs> I feel I need an adult. Actually, I'm going to put on record that I am besotted and happily in love with someone who, unfortunately, at this point, is. I assume, fast asleep in Ecuador. Um, If you're going to have a long-distance relationship, make sure you do it with someone with whom there are very difficult airline connections. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a very interesting 18 months Mm -hmm. um, working through this relationship. Um, In your first book, Homosexual Oppression and Liberation, Mm -hmm. which sounds like my life, uh, you predicted that identity would become less and less important. Mm. Now... A lot of people have said that your book is sort of uncanny in how it's predicted the progression of uh, gay rights and how they would improve over the decades. Mm-hmm. But it feels like personal identity is more significant now uh, to this younger generation than ever. So how did that quite happen? How did that shift happen? Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's probably both more and less important. I mean, it's less important in the sense that my experience, and I'm thinking now, I... I through Anthony, have a large number of nephews and nieces. And three of his six nephews and nieces are gay, which is the only time I've ever been tempted to think there may be a genetic explanation. Is that a Um, 50-50? Exactly. 50-50 is not bad, right? Thanks for the math. But the the impression I have is that, that socially they don't feel the need to be in homosexual space Mm -hmm. in the way that people of my generation certainly felt. So in that sense, identity is less important. On the other hand, I think you're right, that within what we call our community, and it's a word I'd always use in inverted commas, there are more <laughs> and more arguments about specific identities, yeah. about how, does, how do we... And you guys touched on this before. I mean, how do we treat respectfully people who don't like whatever the current set of letters are, and they want another letter added on. Luckily, the English language only has 26 letters, so (laughs) there is a logical end to this. We can do an asterisk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, talking about that, there there is a bit of a tension in the community between identifying with one of those letters in Mm -hmm. the LGBTI uh, rainbow, but then also about sexuality being fluid and being able to move between the things. Where do you see identity headed in the future? I think you've touched on something that's really interesting because one of the things that puzzles me, and I'm now prepared to be shot down, people can throw things at me, uh, etc. Get your phones ready, you guys. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Soft, preferably. (laughs) Soft and squishy. Um, One of the things that puzzles me is that we live in a period where we more and more accept that gender is fluid, Mm -hmm. that gender should not be thought of in binary terms. But at the same time, there's a very strong sense that somehow our sexual orientation is inborn and fixed. Mm. You know, born this way, which is mm. a bad song anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but We're coming for everyone Have I done something to you? <laughs> but, but if you think about it, there's something somewhat incongruous about saying, yeah, we accept... Gender is fluid, but we don't accept sexuality as fluid. If, in fact, we take the trans logic seriously, then, of course, there is no such thing as fixed homo and hetero. Because if our gender is fluid, 
then, of course, who we're attracted to can't be defined in binary terms. And I think there is a lot of confusion at the moment around mm -hmm. that. And unfortunately, a lot of the confusion means people get very, very upset, or they get easily upset by people, I think, are genuinely often trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so my sense is, in this current world, which goes back to, I think, what you were saying perhaps before, Luke, in this current world, we need to be a lot kinder to each other, and we need to recognise that lots of people are struggling to understand how things they took for granted may not actually be as clear and as simple as they once mm. thought. Mm. Is it perhaps Absolutely. then that your, your nieces and nephews are not so much the biological reasons or just statistical chance, but is it perhaps more that in the current times we live at, people are more open to looking inside themselves and being open about the fact that they are on a spectrum and perhaps the statistics were the same 50, 100 years ago, but they just didn't have the opportunity to explore that? Oh, look, I think that's absolutely true. And I think where we see this so clearly now is the very rapid rise of kids who say, I'm uncomfortable with my gender. Because it's possible for a kid to now say, I don't feel comfortable with the gender that you have... Uh, given to me. And we know, I mean, I think there was some reference, I didn't quite pick it up to, to recent research. Uh, I think the research you're talking about involved people getting pissed and whether it was easier then to fuck them or not. Yeah. <laughs> so I just call it Friday night, Dennis. No, it's no, just I Friday don't. night. I, I, should, I, should, I should confide in the audience that I was told to be sleazy and I'm trying to live up to my instructions. <laughs> yeah. Throw us yeah, under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was to me in the dressing room later. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, I got it wrong, sorry. Um, no, I think that what the research shows is that increasing numbers of young people are prepared to think of their sexual tastes or their sexual attraction as much more varied. And there's a real difference between young women and young men. Young women are much more likely to acknowledge feelings of attraction to other women than, uh, than young men will. And I think one of the things we've got to remember, and, you know, my long-term partner, Anthony Smith, was the person who ran the massive Australian study of sex and relationships, which is often called the Australian Kinsey. So for years, I lived with the sort of ongoing data that was coming in. And one of the things that is really important to remember is when we talk about this, we have to talk about how people think of themselves, how people behave and how other people see them. And those things don't necessarily go together. It, it, it's like trying to pin something onto a piece of jelly, you know. It's, it's constantly mm -hmm. shifting. And I've tried Do you try that? <laughs> it can't be done. Uh, it's something that shifts with us as we grow, and it, it kind of wobbles around. And, and the same way that people were much more open about talking about mental health, I think people are much more open about talking about their gender experience yeah. and their, their sexual orientation. And so it's not that like the gay agenda has succeeded, although it has. Mm. Um, we have 12 seasons of RuPaul's Drag oh my God. Race. Mm -hmm. um, I think just we have the language and we have the, yes. the safe environment to do so. But um, something that it is easy to forget about, and I hate that I'm always slamming the white people and the straight people in the audience, but um, for a lot of gay Dilo. people around the world, um, something like same-sex marriage is just an unattainable thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's unheard mm -hmm. of. And we're living in a Western society. We're privileged. Uh, what, what are we forgetting about when it comes to being queer yeah. in other yeah. parts of the world? Look, I'm, I, I, to me, that is actually the big question that our movement 
really ought to be thinking about much more than it is. And we in Australia need to be really aware that in most of the countries in our part of the world, people are living in a really different environment. This event tonight could not be happening in Jakarta. No, there's It no could way. not be happening in Port Moresby. And I think it's enormously difficult for us to know exactly how do we respond because there are no easy ways in which we are going to change or in which we have the moral right to change what happens in societies that are very different to us. But we certainly do need to have a much greater awareness. And where I think it comes... I mean, to me, and we're now being serious for a minute, I want to be serious for a minute about this. To me, there are really two key areas. One is... There are more and more people around the world who are going to be seeking asylum because of their sexuality or their gender identity. This country could make itself known as a place that welcomes people. Mm -hmm. Canada, under Trudeau, have gone to some extent to doing that. What really bothers me is when we hear government ministers talking about the fact that they'd really prefer not to have single men coming in as refugees. Mm -hmm. Now, think for a minute who those single men will often include. So I think there is an area where we really have an immediate possibility of doing something. And the other area where I think it's enormously important, and this is where we go outside our community defined by sexuality to a community defined by human concern and empathy... Often in countries where things are toughest, if you're queer, the biggest Australian presence are the big international development organisations. People like World Vision, Oxfam, Save the Children. They're on the ground. They need to be pressured to recognise that often they're going to be dealing with people who are struggling with their sexuality, struggling with their gender identity, don't have the language, and this takes us back to language, and this is my concern about constantly talking about the LGBTIQ+. It doesn't matter how many letters we add, we are still using a very Western concept that doesn't necessarily work if you're in a village in Nigeria where the one thing that the local Muslim and Christian religious figures agree on is that you're a sinner. Because I think we basically do have things pretty good in Australia. Yeah. Mm. I think the next time you you get upset about, you know, circuit closing early one night (laughs) or something like that, you you do have to remember that there are people literally getting arrested or caned and whipped. Kim, Um, there are people dying. Kim, people are dying. (laughs) And Luke, Luke, can I go back to the, the comments you made about marriage? Often in parts of the world, the spectre of gay marriage has not been raised by us or by Mm. our community. It's been raised by homophobes as a way of beating us up. And the classic case is Nigeria, which passed a law prohibiting same-sex marriage. There was nobody in Nigeria who was talking about same-sex marriage. Now, there is, of course, a parallel in Australia. I have always thought that the person who should really get credit for us having same-sex marriage is John Howard. Because had John Howard not amended the Marriage Act, it wouldn't have given the impetus for a marriage movement. Mm. Um, But unfortunately, the way it panned out in Australia is not, I think, the way it's going to pan out in Nigeria over the next Mm. decade. Well, you know, I was enormously lucky, and I think um, I fell into gay liberation in New York City by total accident. 
I was in New York in the very early 70s. I'd just begun a career as an academic. I was sort of vaguely not sure what I was doing, and I had to find somewhere to live. Mm -hmm. And I ended up living in a massive apartment on the Lower East Side, long before the Lower East Side was fashionable, which turned out to be the place where the first ever Gay Lib newspaper come out was put together. So by accident, suddenly I was in the middle of New York Gay Liberation. I knew all the people. And then, because I'm a writer, I got the idea of writing about this. But it meant that there was this whole period through the 1970s, first in New York, uh, then back in Australia, when I was living in Sydney in the 70s. That was the time when everybody, every gay boy in Australia thought you had to go to Sydney to be gay. We now know you can go, you know, you can go to Moorabbin and be gay, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but why wouldn't you? Maybe not. <laughs> well, OK. No, no, Southland no, no, shopping no. centre, no. Thank no OK. Wow. <laughs> but but you'll, you'll give me that you could go to Elwood. You can yes, go to yeah, Elwood yeah, and be gay. Yeah. OK. But... Um, <laughs> I'm a rabbin. <laughs> wow. But, um, you know, one oh. of the, I think that one of the things that was different was that we very naively saw ourselves as part of the new left, part of the counterculture. And one of the things that people of my generation and my history find difficult to t- come to terms with sometimes is that a lot of the people who now seem to speak for my community are, in fact, politically conservative. Yes. Um, And that, I think, raises for people like me real questions. And that's why I'm not sure about the word community. I do not feel a sense of community necessarily with many people who are openly gay, but who support a range of policies on other issues that I'm deeply uncomfortable Mm. with. It's almost like community is an idea in some ways, other than a literal, like, I don't know these people. Yeah. Um, Although a lot of these people are part of my physical community. Um, I think think that's a really nice phrase, actually, physical community, because I think that, and I'm now speaking as a gay man, and I think lesbians would speak rather differently, trans people would speak rather, would would speak, we all speak out of different experiences. Lesbians speak in a lower... Ah. (laughs) Lower octave. That's true. Um, I'm not even going to go there. I know. It is that... Please don't bash me up after. I have this memory. I grew up in Hobart, and I have this memory of going back to Hobart probably 20 or 30 years ago and being there for a week. And when I came... I was living in Sydney at the time. When I came back, the first thing I had to do was go to a gay pub. I had this real need to be in what felt like safe space. And I think that's what you mean by the physical community. And, of course, the physical community will include people with whom I might have very strong differences. Now, being a gay man, I think it's always better to have sex first and politics second. Um, This, I think, is, is one of the things that distinguishes gay men from lesbians, who tend to have politics first and then, if the politics are okay, have sex. <laughs> oh boy. And move in together at some point. Um, <laughs> de- sorry, Dennis. Just, I want to ask. I, I saw. Uh, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys saw it, but a clip of you in 1972 
I think it was doing an ABC interview. Tom saw it live. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tom was there. I was watching it after school. And uh, no, you were doing an ABC interview promoting yes. your first book. And on the panel, on the panel, it was uh, I, I think it was a, a Catholic priest and a liberal politi- a very conservative mm, liberal politician. That sounds politician. like a joke. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, a Catholic priest. He <laughs> walks into a bar. Poli- yeah. Actually, actually was, he was not a ca- no, no. He was so not was, a Catholic. Was a, so he it was wasn't a, a Catholic he priest. He was, a, was. Uh, a Protestant of some denomination. Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. But the the, the, the clip. Watching it now from a, a modern perspective, and you had to explain the term coming out. They, yes. the, the, they had no idea what coming out meant. Um, they were using all sorts of words that you would never use in a television t- interview these days. Mm. And it was sort of like it was an honour for you to be allowed to preach your filth on national television <laughs> to these holier-than-thou people. Uh. And then looking at that, that clip from you in 1972 and then that amazing episode of Q&A uh, just after The Rock and the Hard Place a couple of years ago, with Tom Ballard hosting and Paul Capsis and those sorts of people. When you were doing that 1972 interview, did you imagine the, you know, marriage equality and the developments that we've had? I know that it's was the really goal, good question. but do you think well, it would no, well, <laughs> well, actually, marriage equality was never the goal. No, sorry, but it's but, a step um, that we had. No, I think, I think I probably did expect that things could change quite quickly. Mm-hmm. I think that what the great secret of early gay liberation was that if people came out and if they just said, look, you know, what's the big deal, then in fact there wasn't a big deal. And if we think, you know, more contemporaneously, think, for example, of someone like Penny Wong. Mm. Now, if 20 years ago you'd said, can you imagine that the leader of the Labor Party in the Senate will be an Asian-Australian lesbian we would probably all have said, no, that's, oh, that's yeah. not going to happen. Gonna happen yeah. But, of course, it did happen. And once it happened, it somehow no longer became an issue. And I think in that sense, the really important thing that happened in the early 70s and has continued in all sorts of ways since is most people, once it happens, discover, you know, it isn't that big a deal. Mm. I certainly know that the reaction I got to that program suggested that there was far more sympathy and support for me than there was for Peter Coleman and Roger Bush. So, you, so you, you, you've got good reactions from that 72 interview? Oh, look, I had a... There was a Catholic brother who wrote to me three times a day for weeks. Wow. Wow. Uh, Oh. Wow. <laughs> you were true. very that handsome true. in that, that clip. That is true. <laughs> I never met him. The letters are, um, I think, under lock and seal in the Mitchell Library. But no, <laughs> oh um, seriously, yes, there was a very, very good reaction. And I think that um, that's a reaction that many people have had. Uh, and it's a reaction I've seen globally. And, you know, that, that goes back to Luke's point. Um, Yes, there are many parts of the world where things are tough, and that's true, but there are also interesting changes going on, going on in parts of the world we mightn't quite expect. So what's going on in China and Vietnam Mm. at the moment, despite the authoritarian regimes, is actually very interesting. And I suspect there are new ways of thinking about sexuality that we don't quite understand that are allowing people to express themselves, mm. often in terms that don't use Western language, which means we, we miss it. And, you know, we go in waving rainbow flags and think they should all come out without realising there may be a whole way and number of ways in which people will assert and affirm their identities. The yeah. slippery slide of sexuality. 
Oh, I like that. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Back tattoo says that across the after party. Is there a slippery slide? I don't want to talk about that slippery slide. Speaking of the after party, Dennis, are you going to join us for a drink at DTs? Yeah, I think I have to. I think you have to. Absolutely. Round of applause for Dennis. Thank you so much. Fascinating. Uh, I do, hi, if you're not familiar with Dennis's work, jump online, watch some interviews, get some books. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you. Look, fuck, when we started this podcast, I thought, oh, yeah, a couple of weeks with a couple of losers, it'll be a good experience. <laughs> totally. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, a wow. couple of losers and a Fourth live show. A fourth one now, yeah. We've got nearly 200 people in the room, and that just fills my little gay heart with joy. So, thank you so thank much. Thank you so, so much. much. Um... I very quickly have to plug something, which I never what? do. What? Yeah. That's so unlike you and out of character. I'm doing my solo uh, stand-up show on Sunday called Thomas Jasper's Is Revolting. Yeah. Original. 6 p.m. at Evie's Disco Diner. There's only like 18 tickets left, so if you want to get one, go down now at midsummer.org.au. Yeah. Uh, it's at 6 p.m., which I know is a very homophobic time for a gay stand-up show. No, it's show. perfect. <laughs> on a Sunday? But on I, God's well, Day? The problem is I drink a lot, and so when the registrations came around, it was like two hours before they closed, and I was like quickly calling venues trying to... But then I also... I also figured, like, a lot of you will be just finishing up at Wet, uh, Wet on Wellington at about oh. 5 p.m., time to towel off, and then get down to uh, Evie's Disco Diner off. by 6 p.m. Thank yeah. you. And um, if anyone would like to support our Patreon, you be can become a patron. Yes, yeah, correct. So hard. Every week. <laughs> Every week we have Patreon, to say, like, patron, Patreon, four patron, times yeah. to get it right. It's, it's um, and you get access to our after shows where we do... We talk about drunk sex uh, next week, and I think yeah. the Q&A. The episode comes out tomorrow, yeah. Time travel is so fun like it's that. So, uh, so if you haven't already signed up, please yeah. do. It helps us put on these shows and rent out beautiful tents yeah. like this That's one. Um, and we really appreciate yeah. it. And thank you so much for all for coming tonight. Um, if you want to be a groupie and also see us in Sydney, we're doing a live show there as Woo! well. For Mighty Gras on the 28th of yes. this month. So yeah, please absolutely. come see us there as well. And we absolutely love being a part of the Midsummer Festival. So thank you so much for coming tonight. And please come along next year. Yay. And uh, yeah. come meet us at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll come see to DT. you at uh, we'll DT's hotel. DT. Don't forget to bring your ticket from tonight for a free shot at the bar at DT's. Yes. Um, thank you so much. We love you all. Thanks. Love you all. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> If anyone would like an almond, I have one single almond left. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.